welcome back to another episode of Between Two Posts. We're really excited to have all y'all. Uh, short staff today, you know, the bench is running running lean. It's Everett here. Thanks for joining us. I don't know if I said that enough, uh, but it's me, uh, Evan Painter, Painter, and Connor, Arthur Reichman, a.k.a. That's Paul. incorrect. That is incorrect. What, what is it? Close, though. It starts Our, with an A. Yeah, it's Austin. Yeah, you're, you're, your your initials are Carr. <laughs> That's it, baby. He was born to be a race fan. I was born. When they came out with an automobile movie, Connor was the first one in line. You so, fucking bet I was. So, uh, Painter, what's new, man? How are you? Doing great. Just launched a social media account for some pretty mediocre goaltend. Goalie coaching. Hey, flex on him, Painter. Flex on him. Oh, yeah. Uh, playing Wednesday for the championship in the Hockey Finder League. Playing for some more B2B brass. <laughs> uh, hey, Ev, can we, can we talk about Can we maybe talk about that for a second? Let's talk about it. Hash it active, out. active goalie coach, I might add. Goalie coach who still plays. Can we, like, can we elaborate on how rare that is nowadays? I love it. Do it for the kids. Yeah. Uh, you don't. I stopped. Um, actually, you know who's a really big goalie coach out uh, in the Buffalo region? Fuck, what is his name? We used to do stuff with him. He actually, one time we went out there and did, did a, we did a demo event. He goes, hey, guys, like, thanks for coming. Everything was great, but I got to run. I got to go play in a game. And we're like, you still fucking play? And we're like, you play player, right? And he goes, no, I, I still play goalie with, like, an A-league around here. I'm like, you're nuts. Dude. He's he's big out in Buffalo. Um, yeah, I can't name another goalie coach that plays hockey. Yeah, that's a that's a rare breed, Painter. I mean, you're really <laughs> you're in pretty unique territory, my guy. As one might oh, say, yeah. as your shirt, you are bussing, bussing with the boys, bussing with the boys. I wish we Gronk. I wish we could get a cool stage set up like they have. Yeah, if only where they rented out like a legitimate bus. If we do a, if we do an in person episode, we should just do it in like an arena's uh, shower room, <laughs> just just echoing. <laughs> Turn we can one of the we showers can on. yeah we can yeah, put a showers shelf, on only one of those like three M stick up shelves, and I can bring the Moise glove so that it's there with us, and then we Perfect. can hang up some jerseys. Yeah, that that would be the elaborate Vaughn budget studio. Absolutely. Um, it's oh yeah. But yeah, Painter, I saw you you're trying to coach and you're starting to get that going a little bit. That's good. I think um you are trying you are gonna be a serious goalie coach, so this is all in just jokes and fun. But I if you weren't, I'd say you should post how many beer league championships in your beer league stats. Uh I I think that would be hilarious for a f- like fake goaltending uh goalie coach account. Oh. But you are gonna take it seriously. So whatever you do, don't fucking do that because <laughs> It's not going to be good. I don't know what's that worse, that or motivational yeah. uh, Instagram reels. Yeah, um, I'm so ready for that video. I, I already oh. have some pretty great shots planned for that montage. Perfect. Because Connor doesn't even know what, what you and I had talked about. I just sent it to you. So oh. we'll keep that top secret. Um, Connor, what's new with you, man? How things been? Uh, things are good. Busy okay. on the road or in the air, I guess, a lot. Yeah. Kind of going all over the country currently. Cool. So. Just came back from Calgary, had a good goalie event there with the uh, goalie Palooza and PSG. So 
a good event. Lots of people showed up. Lots, uh, lots of people really figuring out what Vaughn's all about, which is what we're uh, what we're looking for. Yeah, what was the vibe out there? Because I know you know coming off of you know what we've kind of gone through in the last couple of years to now, uh, we're trying to really shift where we are in Western Canada, and those people want to see goalie equipment. I didn't realize how diehard. Um, based on some of the stuff we've done for work, like with the dub and the Western side, how like those people love hockey. The goalies want to be communicated with. We're learning a lot of like, they are interested in seeing anything that is gear, whether it's us or anybody else, they want to see stuff. They want to learn. They want more information. So did you have any big like things that you noted while you were out there? Yeah. So Western Canada, what it seems like anyway, um, maybe unlike Ontario or maybe even the U S where, I feel like in Ontario and the U.S., where brands um, are heavily influenced within the retail space, mm-hmm. so you'll go to certain retailers where they'll have certain brands, and some retailers won't. Mm-hmm. Where out west, it seems like it's very heavily weighted on the actual goalie school that that person's going to, or oh. the agency that that person belongs to. Like really? those guys, oh yeah, like they're heavily, heavily influenced with a certain brand and if you're with that goalie coach or with that agency, um, that's what brand you wear. And that that's just kind of the way, it, the way it goes. So a lot of these guys and these kids that we were seeing um, didn't necessarily have the chance to either try Vaughn or see Vaughn just because that's hmm. with their goalie coach or that agency. That's what they're, what they're wearing. So with this goalie Palooza event, it's just a giant demo day. That's what it is. Um, these kids had the opportunity. You buy in with a ticket. I can't remember exactly how much it was, but three hundred uh, bucks Canadian. <laughs> I can't imagine it was that expensive, but um, you would buy in with the event, and with that buy-in ticket, you get an hour ice time. And then every fifteen minutes, they blow the whistle, and you can like gives you a chance to get off the ice and switch brands to try something else. Um, and all these kids would come in. And they're like, oh, shit, like Vaughn's here. Like, let's uh, literally they've never either they never seen us or they've never had a chance to, like, actually put something on their hands. Yeah. So the first like the chance that they got to try our stuff. I mean, we had an amazing impact there just because they've never had a chance to wear it. So um, we're definitely making some waves out there. And any listeners out west, I mean, we're happy to uh, give you that opportunity. It was great. Did you get to sit in any sky clubs? negative i did not oh so you're not you don't have any status you're pretty pretty low on the scale still i sure am well you know what you keep getting those flights out west and uh i'm sure they'll rack up you know what i mean yeah yeah um but yeah anything else good anything else new on your end um other than that i mean ev you know it's that time of year where anybody and everybody's looking to demo some equipment so um (laughs) you know there's lots going on but um, when it comes to anything new and exciting, you know, it's just another day in paradise, I guess. That's good. Uh, thoughts on cup finals right now? I mean, we we predicted this a while ago, I think, anyway. You know, we talked about how the wheels were going to fall off the bus a little bit for anybody or if and when that was going to happen. And I just think, especially after game two for Florida, I think that like the wheels are they're off the bus. Like yeah. they're long gone. Like when it comes to discipline during games, it's not happening. It's non-existent. Guys are kind of just out there, what it looks like, just trying to survive. You know, like 
I don't know. I'm interested to see the the post series report on injuries because Puck Empire comes out with all that. Yeah. I'd love to see if Florida's banged up or what's going on because I, I, to be this close and to take this franchise to the Stanley Cup Finals for the first time in X amount of years, right? You're here. You got a good group. It seems like this is, you know, Bob's hot. You got a hot goalie. Um, how are you not reeling it in? How is somebody not managing the room? How is the captain somebody? Well, that's, I guess, one of your problems. But how is somebody not bringing everybody together? Say, all right, like everybody, like, let's take a deep breath. They were all in like 28 at Vegas, at Vegas, Florida at Vegas. They are 0 and 28 now. So now we got to really settle everybody down and say, hey, we got to go fight for one. It's going to be a tough rink to play and it's going to be loud. It's going to be, you know, fans are going to be on top of us, but you got to find a way to like build off of that, right? Well, like, look, as a player in big moments like that, like, does that really like take, take into it? Like, are you really taking in those stats? Like, are you like really taking that into account no. when you're like going into games? Like, is that playing on your mind? Like, fuck, we're 0 28 in this place. No, I think I I don't know. I brought that up as I guess from my outside perspective. But I, my question is just like, how is no one reeling everybody in saying, hey, like, just stick to your game, quit taking stupid penalties. The discipline's bad. Like, stick to your jobs, get your jobs done, and everybody else will f- sort out their own shit. You know what I mean? I think you're right. Like, when it, I want to see the report on injuries. Like, is Florida really banged up? Have they? Is the is the gas tank empty? They've just run out of fuel. Like. Like, what's the deal? I feel like after game two, it's just like they don't even look like the same team. I don't know. No. And everybody talked about the East being tougher to get out of and the West was going to be like fucking Candyland, right? Yeah. So like Vegas is dominating games and like Florida's like what? They just they won an overtime. Yep. Hanging like on. they're they're hanging on, man. Like I just I don't know. They don't look like the team that crushed Toronto. Boston. They beat Boston. Like, they, that's what I'm saying. Like they absolutely spanked these programs. And like, look, Vegas is a good team. Don't get me wrong, but Boston, Toronto, and like Carolina, Carolina, Carolina. Yeah, like they're barely hanging on now. It's crazy, but I. It's kind of it makes me think of. I remember when Pricer took Montreal. To the yeah. finals, and they like you just could tell like this this isn't gonna make sense. Like unless he picks up shutouts every game, like I don't see them bearing down and getting through all of this. But uh, I but mean no. that was like that was a guy who was red hot, and clearly his team couldn't like keep up more or less. Yep. But like, I feel like this Florida scenario, it quite literally, like we mentioned a week a couple weeks ago, like the wheels are off the bus. Yep. You know, like it, it's just like Do you think everybody... Bob's not hot then? No, I don't think he's playing his game, man. I don't think he's on. He's at a sub nine right now. Do we do you, do we in think he series. needs the gas or what? Yeah, I, think I, I just think I just think some Russian gas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, clearly. I mean, they need some right now. That's for sure. But yeah, I just think they like they're all. I don't. Maybe they're all banged up or. Maybe they got too many bumps and bruises, but like they're got some ouchies. Yeah, I think maybe they're just out of fuel. I think maybe they kind of blew their load a little early. Yeah, I mean, too, it's it's tough to make a deep run. Um, but they do. The other thing is though, on that team though, they have the expertise and they have some vets that have 
gone through this and been there. So you'd think that that would they'd be able to lean on that a little bit, but uh, that doesn't seem very apparent. But you know, the cool part about mm. being um, a, a dickhead pundit, as Rory Kent said, um, is we could all be wrong on the next game and they could get hot, right? So mm, for sure, highly. I unlikely. mean, I, ho- I hope so. I really hope they make it a series, but from from the games right now, it's just been kind of like, I mean, dare I say it, a little disappointing to watch. And we're recording yeah. this on Tuesday, and that puck drops tonight at eight. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how goofy we look tomorrow. I was gonna say, let's see how wrong our predictions or our thoughts actually get here. But just absolutely eating it. Um, <laughs> you wanted to bring up major junior drafts, Connor? Yeah. Look, I I have a I have a Uh-oh. real you sound I have a real off. weird Ooh. yeah scenario on this. Like, how do the boys feel? Um, I'm probably gonna stick to the CHL on this one, but. How do the boys feel of the OHL being uh, a U16 draft and the WHL being a U15 draft and then the Q being a U16 draft? So we have two U16s, but then one U15. So I got to ask, do you guys have 15 only hockey there, AAA? What do you mean by only 15? We, in the U.S., at least in Michigan, we have 15 0 15 only it's 15 year old kids only because that's the year and i think it goes on in major cities besides prep hockey um but your 15 year is the year before they look at you for program right yeah so those kids it's the same here uh same here in ontario at least from my understanding is that when you're in your minor midget year so your u fifth or your u16 year mm-hmm you only play with that age group. Okay. That age group is only eligible to play and for that draft. Now, I believe it's the same out West. They just do it a year younger. So you can only play obviously within your age group. Now there's obviously unique circumstances like Connor McDavid played a year up. So he played with the 96 is my age group when he was a 97. Um, that's allowed. It, obviously with the unique circumstance if the player is good enough to make the jump then sure you can play but when it comes to like getting that uh, exceptional status that has to be granted i guess before you make the jump in that year well i just looked at it Connor bedard was 15 playing in the dub which sounds just to me absolutely insane well it's because they do the u15 draft yeah no 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 that 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 was what i wanted to see is like how how young was he when he entered and to me, I think like focusing it back on goalies, I think it's impossible. It's gonna make me sound like such a, a homer for the U.S. system, but like, I, I think the it works for some guys. It definitely works for some guys, but I think the CHL major junior route. So we're talking the Q, the OHL, and the Dub, the WHL, OHL, and the QMJHL. Those three major leagues that comprise the CHL. I think for goalies, it's incredibly hard because like we, we interviewed Dreger a long time ago about this. And when you go in your draft year, you have to be hot. And if you end up being a number two guy and then afterwards you get hot, now you have to try and figure out as a free agent. Right. So like the timing of it, you have to be so good at 14, 15, 16, 17. It's insane. We're like, you know, you guys obviously know, cause we're all college guys, but Connor being in Canada, he understands both going the, the college route. You know, not every guy ends up 
being the success story of being the 21 year old freshman play two years and then you go and sign when you're 23 it happens but in college hockey I, I don't think they're taking as many goalies but I think for development and the timeline of things goalies develop slower than players it's just when you look at it the amount of that you have to teach your body and ask the things you have to ask yourself to do are much more demanding than players not saying that players aren't hard and goalies the hardest thing in the world because I'm tired of that special treatment but that's just you know bare bones the facts and you can look at the program as a perfect example um but no I think I think that's too early I think the CHL puts a lot of pressure and you kind of like it's a very quick turnaround and I think uh, I think the 15 draft is just it's too early, but uh, I'm sure somebody sees an advantage of trying to find exceptional players and get them in as quick as possible. So it helps sell tickets and move guys on and, you know, talks about the league a little bit more. So that's probably why they do it. Right. Well, I have a again, I have a few like. Side conversations here along the draft, but I wanted to hear Painter's point of view on this just because I'm interested to hear from an outside perspective of kind of what you think about it. A kid from Omaha, Nebraska, Omaha, Nebraska. Let's hear it from, from the prestigious AAA program we have here. Uh, (laughs) I think 15 is way too young. I 16. It makes sense because you're kind of starting to hit your puberty, so to speak. Like some kids can be late bloomers and it completely fucks them in the draft. And then they have to play in a lower league and but you see this kid who's a 15 year old and was hot and now he sucks, but he gets special treatment because he was 15 and he was really, really good. But now he just hasn't found his place. And I mean, I mean, here we don't see many guys get drafted that way. I mean, there's been a couple kids drafted in one of those drafts from Omaha. I think a kid went to fuck the Wheat Kings, maybe, or the Oil Where Kings. Is that the kid's name? No, no, that's uh, the city. No, Bra- oh, not, Brandon. Oh, not Wheat Brandon. King. He went to Al- yeah. Al- Edmonton. Edmonton. He went to the Oil, Oil Kings. Kings. Oil Kings, yeah. Sick Jays. And and there was a kid who played the AAA program here that went the major junior route, and it didn't. I mean, he was good, and then he came back to the USHL for his last two years, and he fucking was on fire. And I was just like, oh, if you waited, now, granted, it's not my spot because I'm just some schmuck now who's local here, but. I'd rather take the the junior out in the U.S. if I was a goalie because, yeah, it takes a while, but then you can hit your stride and you can become a college legend at, at some place. Oh, I know who you're talking about. I know exactly who you're talking about. So the thing is, too, like what Painter hit on is, I guess this is another conversation, which I think some parents, you know, some listeners might have an idea of this and some don't. But the other thing is, the amount of people that are t- in your ear telling you what to do and how fucking great you are and how great you've been since you were 14. And when you get an opportunity to go, what we're going to call the fast track of going the CHL, your agent, maybe your coach, somebody else, like a lot of people are telling you one to move on one because they think it's in your best interest. But two, if you go on and succeed, it helps them. It helps everybody else. Your team gets to talk to about it. Your old development coach used to talk, gets to talk about it. Your, your agent has another client, blah, blah, blah. But like you said, and then you revert back to USHL and you might've been in a better spot. Um, it's just the other thing too, like you, you flip it on its head and you go to college commitments, right? Back when you used to be able to commit a kid at 14, 15 years old, there's so many more years that that kid has to play hockey where one, he could hate hockey. 
how many of you guys have friends that have quit playing hockey, right? And yeah, you thought sure. like, oh, you're yeah. gross. You're a stud. You're the best. But then when it started to get a little hard, they said, oh, this is stupid. I'm just going to go hang out with my friends and go to the mall and do drugs and drink and party and whatever. Well, here's here's a unique little tidbit that not too many people actually know about. Okay, fun fact. Ooh. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disclose this guy's name. He would like to remain private, but there was a player that I played with when I was younger who in U15 and U16, he was ranked higher than Connor McDavid before going into the draft. Now, where is that kid now? He's working his regular nine to five, doing what you know we do. He, doing what he needs to do to to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. But exactly like you said, at 14, 15, 16 years old, this kid had to come up with a decision or was forced to make a decision, and it ended up costing him a, his career. So, like, it's certain scenarios like that where, like, three, four, five years can make a difference for the, these entire kids' careers. Like, if you get committed at 14 years old, like, who knows at 17, 18, 19, you're still going to enjoy the game. Like, who knows? Yeah. It, But the other thing, too, is like, you know, I'm just going to play the other side of this argument is right now, guess what the average age of the NHL is? 25. 24 and a quarter. 27. Oof. Close. Whoa. So let's call, let's call that average age. So like you have your bell, bell pyramid and stuff. Yep. Guys that are like fuck i'm turning 30 this year like guys that are in 30 32 you're you're old you're aging out right yeah you're on the way out like your your window is kind of gone college guys so like you you go into college at 21 say it takes you three years now you're 24 you're right at average age when guys are you should be hot and you're trying to get through your coast or a year to like turn pro and then adjust and see what happens at that time like you might as well kiss it all goodbye. Like you gotta be, yeah, you gotta like, be really good fast. So I don't know, man. It's it's a tough call either way. I mean, here's a, here's a good way to segue this into my my kind of next point about these drafts. Like, how do you guys feel about drafting outside of the immediate area? Meaning, if you play Ontario hockey, you're eligible for the Ontario draft. Mm-hmm. If you play in Quebec, you get Quebec oh. draft eligible. What are your guys' thoughts on guys getting drafted out of the U.S.? Now there's a Europe draft, but how do you feel about teams picking players outside of immediate area? I mean, let's just call it what it is, Connor. You're just upset that Michigan kids are getting picked over. Ontario uh, hey, kids look, for your league. Absolutely, absolutely not. Being a Canadian, going to a U.S. school, I loved every minute of it. Okay, I wouldn't change it for the world, but – It's a topic of conversation for sure. So when you, I got, I have to ask this question then as a follow-up, Connor, when you possibly were going to get drafted in the OHL, was there a Michigan or possibly an Ohio kid that got picked over you? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know okay. that answer. Okay. I really like how you kind of just sidestepped that. That's good. That's good. You acted like it didn't matter. So that's good. I'm sure you <laughs> don't know that off the top of your head and what that kid's name was and where his address was and where he actually lived and where he actually <laughs> played and how bitter that made you uh, look this is me this might be a stab i guess at the ushl but i mean we are in a point i think with hockey where we need to develop 
our local players a lot better. I think uh, no, you're whether it's like from a goaltending standpoint, it, it's it's obviously been a huge Euro influence. We'll call it like other countries, Euro, Russian, everything else. So amongst the USHL and the dub, or not the dub, the CHL. So USHL and this uh, CHL, uh, it seems like there is a big Euro shift. And like you said, it's a, what people don't realize is like. I, I guess fans fans don't realize it, but people that are, if you're going through the systems and stuff, you you know hockey's for de- development. The leagues are for development. They're trying to survive and try to stay afloat, make a little bit of money, if not break even. Most of the time, just trying to break even. But the main point is you're there. They're in existence to help make players better. So I don't think you're wrong in the sense that they should focus more on developing kids. But I think with the CHL, like the O drafting from Michigan, we have two teams here. I know other places don't, and they're still drafting from there. I know that happens a lot in the Q and the dub. But you want to talk about North America as a country – or sorry, a continent, and you look at North America as a whole as a hockey place, I think it. I think that's fine as developing players in the U.S. because they're going to hopefully, especially going the CHL route, they're going to play pro somewhere, right? Like everyone talks about how Canadian teams don't have cups, but all those teams that are in the U.S. winning cups, go look at those rosters. I mean, let's call it at least 40% Canadian, right? True. So I think at the end of the day, the goal is to develop guys. Not everyone's going to turn pro, but the whole point is everyone's trying to be a better athlete and trying to get there. Then there's a certain point you got to tell a kid, hey, like hockey is a a lot harder than you think it is. Maybe just go have fun and play double A in high school, whatever. But I think – that the problem that you're kind of insinuating or get we're getting close to is like maybe we should focus more on developing North American goalies rather than bringing in all these outsiders because that was a big push for USA Hockey 51 and 30 right let's yeah. take our very best let's train them develop them they've kind of gotten away from that but uh, that was the end goal was 51 and 30 51 percent of NHL minutes played uh, for men we're going to be uh, by U.S. goalies, and then it was 51% of girls' college hockey played by U.S. goalies, which they're competing against Canada and then, you know, your other few major hockey countries. But, yeah, I think I think you're, you're, you, you bring up a conversation where it's like, yeah, that, that does matter. Uh, I think it does. I think it should be where we focus more on developing kids from North America than anywhere else. Yeah, like I just – I think, I mean, the whole – preface of the question i guess is we're running into an issue where look there's plenty of options out there okay Mm -hmm. for for kids to play to play hockey in in whichever area but when it comes to high-end talent and high-end players or players that are are eligible for this development I think you should you should keep it localized uh, somewhat. Again, like you said, North American. I can I can buy that. I can buy the fact of keeping it within Canada and the U.S. and developing that talent locally. But but you think? I mean, your conversation. We're saying the same thing. Like it's happening in the USHL and all. How many Euro goalies are here? Right. Well, yeah, the CHL, CHL made a rule a, few, uh, a while ago that there's going to be a separate European draft in order for players to get into the league. 
Okay. And that number, that number per team was a certain number. I can't remember if it's, it's five European players per team that you're allowed, you're, you're allowed to have. And uh, look, if you want to look at the numbers, there's, there is a vast majority of elite talent when it comes to forward and defense are North American born. They would, they would much rather get North American born forwards and D who are high talent because there's an abundance out there. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to goalies, when it's such a, a minuscule number of even participants out there, like they, that draft gets swallowed with goalies. Like yeah. they flood the league. Yep. And then now you're, you're funneling your talent into a certain direction to now like there's the conversation out there that, you know, Canadian born goalies and American born goalies are on the steep decline. Yeah. Well, I, I think the other thing though, too, and this is what uh, Berkey's talked about a lot is back when he played for like twin city Vulcans, which was a U show team out of Minnesota. Right. Um, junior hockey back then was more focused on development. Where like, you look at null, you, you look at USHL goalies, get cold, gone, drop them down to the null goalies, get cold, trade them gone. Goalies get cold, send them down, bring in a year, bring in somebody else. Because the, the hard part is it's not about development anymore. Those coaches are trying to win to get promoted or to keep their job or to move on. And I'm sure I'd, it's sure shit that it's the same way in the CHL because hockey is even more serious for the CHL. So now you have guys that are so worried about their jobs or developing kids or moving kids on or, you know, like Connor, you know how it goes when you're winning games, scouts come. When scouts come and you guys are winning championships, kids get seen, kids get moved on. So at what point can we sacrifice hanging on to a kid that's, you know, obviously going through it mentally, physically, whatever, or is trying to adjust to junior hockey? How long can I give him an opportunity before we can him and we get a kid that can play? Right? How long do we focus on their development? Do I think that's the right way? Not at all. But that's, I think, the conversation that, you know, we're stuck in. Yeah, like hockey's a business. Everybody everybody knows that. I mean – like if you're not winning, you're not making money that like that more or less, it's kind of how it works. But yeah. I mean, like at, at what point do, do players, if they're not getting picked and they're picking Europeans or they're picking outside of uh state or province, at what point does the goalie position become irrelevant to kids? Like, I don't want to play goalie anymore because my chances of getting, selected and or developed is even more small yeah like that one percent they always used to tell us when we were in uh chl camps or even um ncaa development and stuff like that your chances of playing in the nhl is one percent it's one yeah. percent but now like when you look at the numbers it's like this is one percent becoming 0.5 percent now yeah like how how is that even uh how does that dream even become alive for these kids when the number is that small Mm-hmm. Like the kid's gonna be like, yeah, sorry, no. Like if it's 05 percent, I'm I'm gonna get my phone out and do YouTube videos, and I'm gonna have a thirty five percent chance. Yeah, being a TikTok star, just like um, yeah, like what, like when is when does that Josh Richards? When does that conversation become relevant? Um, see, I from the coaching side for me, like I, you and I are in different aspects, and obviously Painter's just getting his fucking toes into the water here. But yeah, um, and enjoy that journey, by the way, Painter. Yeah. Can't wait. I'm pumped. But like where I'm dealing with a lot of younger kids and 
it's more recreational. There's a couple high end kids in the mix, but like more so recreational. And for them, like they're at that 12, 13 year where it's for most kids, you'd start to get serious. But I think in America, like in the U S for me, my focus is on just making it fun. Like there's no talking about like, I'll, I'll never say, Hey, you're not going to the NHL. One kid tells me he wants to score a goal all the time when like, skating skills aren't there and we've been trying to develop some stuff but he, all he wants to do is shoot pucks as a goal and he wants to score a goalie goal so bad i'm never gonna tell him to score a goalie goal yeah. but like let's have fun with this but like for here it's it's not i guess the, the one of my worries is never about moving kid uh, it's so hard to make it pro i think and me being in this side of the business like i know that where there are high-end kids, but even those high-end kids won't pan. Like, how many kids will go to null USHL college and don't get a sniff at pro? Like, they have to go and fight or, in, in, to, to make it on a coast team. And that's a week-to-week job, right? Like, you could get yeah, shipped out any time. So, like, I from here, it's – I don't think at least the people that I'm in dealing with, I guess – you know, like I'm not like KD Lids or any of these other guys that are AJ Walchuk that are doing kids all the time and coaching like very high end AAA kids. Um, but for our our side, it's just a sport that's supposed to be fun and a position that's supposed to be fun. You know what I mean? But yeah, I think in Canada, sure. more people in those towns know kids that get drafted to VO that go to play college hockey and end up playing pro hockey, where you have a lot more of that here. But in the U.S., uh, I don't. I mean, we have our circles and people know, but I, I think more kids are playing hockey to have it be fun. And I don't think they take hockey seriously until they get into that 15 space where if they're good, they realize, oh, I'm on a 15 honey bake team. We have to go with national. So some of us will go play at the program and then some of us will get drafted to the O and some of us will go on to play in the USHL. And then so gets- here, here's a question. I'm going to throw a scenario out there. Let me know what you guys think. Okay. What if, Canada and the U.S. when it came to major junior in college did the exact same thing as they do in the NHL, meaning that there's U.S. college plays against Canadian college and USHL plays against major junior in the CHL. We'd get waxed. Why? Uh, I think even from a college standpoint, I mean, you've been in those games. I from what people had told me that played Canadian college, like most of those guys, once you've aged out a junior, they're just partying all the time and playing hockey on the side. But if they wanted to and they turn it on, they could beat any NCAA D1 major program. At least that's what they say. But hockey players talk a lot of shit. But from a junior standpoint, uh, the USHL would just completely – like we'd have to do what you said, separate them. And American kids would have to stay in the USHL. They couldn't leave. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, what yeah. if you made it so that the Canadian teams – well, I mean, you could make it so Canada and U.S., like we kind of mentioned before, you could draft from the entire yeah. like Canada, Canada, U.S. But what if Major Junior was a Canada-U.S. league, meaning like USHL cool. teams and CHL would like operate the same? And then once you advance past – that age gap, that age group, you would then go into Canadian or U.S. college. Yeah, no, I think that'd be cool because that, that way, I'm, that way you develop. I mean, you develop your obviously your Canadian U.S. kids a lot better. You have affiliation teams. You have that sort of farm team program type of deal. And then obviously, once 
I mean, look, as as a hockey player, when you're past your junior years, you're 20, 21 years old, you pretty have you pretty much have a firm grasp on one, if you have the talent, and two, if you have what it takes in order to make the step to pro. Mm-hmm. Sure, you might you might need some more development for the next two two to four years, depending. But at that state, like at that stage, you're either you're either making the immediate jump to pro hockey or you need that extra time. So you go and play college. Yeah. In order to get that development, you need a little bit extra to make it to to make the jump. No, I think, I think, uh, I think it helped Canadian kids. I think it it helped all kids in general. So that way you're not forced into this quick route, like you said. So, well, yeah, you eliminate, you eliminate the factor of these kids at, I mean, even 12 years old, I remember 12 years old, they were like, Hey, like there's this thing called the OHL or like, there's NCAA hockey. I'm like, what? Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm still trying to go out to the schoolyard and play kickball. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. I'm worried about recess. I think I got to dominate. I'm going to put up three goals at soccer tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Like there's this chick named Emma Goodhand. I'm trying to like date her. Like <laughs> what? Like OHL who? What's her name? Oh man, I'm still like, trying to read, man. <laughs> you yeah, told me about the OHL. I couldn't even identify that on paper. Yeah, I'm trying to get past my grade six literacy test. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's I don't know. It's like, it's a tough call. I think it it'd be really cool to see it happen, but it just for all those bodies to work fluidly, it'd be interesting. But I think it it would it would throw in a new tangible that allows kids to better to succeed, but. You and I both know there's a lot of money in those leagues and a lot of people that own it at the top are not going to give up their hands at power, right? Well, I like it. It kind of brings me to my last point. Like we have uh, goalies, especially again. Um, we have European families that are billeting their child at 14, 13 years old mm-hmm. strictly for the fact that they know that they – one, if they get the coaching over here that they don't necessarily get over there. And two, they have the opportunity, a greater opportunity, let's just call it that, at going NCAA and or major junior. And they're uprooting their lives for their kid at 13, 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Like not saying that that kid isn't deserving or that that kid doesn't have what it takes. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. But you're again taking away an opportunity from somebody that like could have the same development or the same opportunity you're just taking like you're taking that away well what you're saying is you say you get euro goalie a and euro goalie b this one a is a little bit highly touted maybe he's a little bit more skilled and a little bit more developed at we'll call it 15 16 right and b is a canadian kid that's you know the same idea same age same group but he's just not there yet if you eliminated A, B could possibly turn into something with Absolutely. The, those like it, tools and development and that time. But, sure. but if you're taking A because they're better at the time, which is a coach I think you would, then where does this kid – what does this kid do? And why is A not better investing in their leagues, coaches, and their development well, back home wherever they're from, say it's Sweden, Russia, whatever, to keep their kids there, right? Yeah, I think that's like maybe as hockey as a collective globally – yeah, I guess we just need to do a better job at developing our own 
we have to give a shit about what's here. Yeah, like I understand that, you know, I mean, I handle European and um in European pro and Asian pro players like it's not the same development and they don't have the same opportunity as as we do here since we Canada and US care about sports at a very different level than they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that's the case, like, I, I don't know. I think it's not maybe out of the question to find someone within the local area that has that expertise. And like, if, if that means you have to move from the UK to Sweden, again, let's, to Sweden yeah, whatever, like, then so be it. But I don't know. I think the whole idea of, developing your localized athlete is falling very quick. Yeah. It Um, almost has like, it almost has like a sex appeal. If that sounds like, if that makes, if that makes sense, like it does be here. Like, well, yeah. Like if you're, if you're a coach and or trainer or whatever, there's almost like a, a unique sex appeal around it being like, Oh yeah, I train this kid who's from Finland or I train this kid who's from Sweden rather than being like, yeah, like, oh, yeah, I trained this kid from Oxford, Michigan. Yeah, sounds boring. Yeah, they're like, oh, cool. Like, sure. <laughs> but, like, um, if like if you're like, yeah, I trained this kid from Helsinki, they're like, oh, wow, like, that's like that's amazing. Like, there's a sex appeal around it. Absolutely. I agree with you. Um, Connor, you got anything else before we wrap up? Uh, no, I don't. I mean, I, I feel like we touched on everything when it came to that, like, to that subject i just i wanted to know what you guys thought about it i think it's i don't know if it's moving in the right direction but i think maybe it should be talked about more for sure absolutely i mean this is stuff we can elaborate on we can always talk about we'll see how things develop but i think it is it's it's all interesting because development and moving kids at this level upwards and making them better um why are we squashing opportunities for kids that have committed their time here and the resources just to give it to somebody i I see what you're saying. So, um, Panda, you got anything else before we wrap here, buddy? Uh, don't roast my skating drills on my Instagram. You yeah. will be roasted. Yeah. Yeah, I it's mean, gonna suck. Make sure just you, everything you put like, out is is high quality, and you don't put out, "Oh, my skating didn't look great here." <laughs> we will let you know. It's not. Yeah, I know that. I'm glad I've got a, a great group of people to be like, "Hey, take that down. You're gonna get." <laughs> Reddit. The comment, the comment section will be live and well. Yeah, that's why. Okay. I, that's why I was like, "Oh, let me toss two things up, and then I won't do anything until I get my this beer league goalie that I'm gonna do, just to be show very simple drills." Good. Let's let's say that I don't want to overcomplicate shit. Ev, I do have one comment before we kind of shut things down. Mm-hmm. This is. The guest of a lifetime. Oh, wait, no. Hang on. (laughs) We're going to save that because I'm going to use this now and then we're going to save that for next week. So if you want to tease tease two weeks from now while we're at the show, because I feel like this is a whole episode in itself. Guest of a lifetime. Really? You liked it? Man. Don't give it any Unbelievable human being. Okay. Like... I would I would challenge the listeners to find me another athlete that has this much respect, this much knowledge, um, 
this much, much adversity. E- this much adversity effort like that this guy puts in as a profession this is the, unbelievable i was i was blown away by this interview for sure so with that in mind listeners keep that in mind for next week but uh until then follow like subscribe and uh tell one friend if you all told one friend this whole thing would blow up and double and uh we'd be able to just uh give you content all the time and we'll do guys more videos. no friend no friend tell a friend would you <laughs> no friend tell a friend um <laughs> but until uh until next week we're signing off we'll see ya